Welcome back. Welcome back to Presentation Thinking. This is Mikey Baduski, uh, founder and CEO of Ghost Ranch Communications. I am joined with the content and community manager of PresentationThinking.com, Miss Molly Gagan. What is up? Woohoo! I'm so glad you said my title because I almost yeah. forgot it there for a second. It's a mouthful. <laughs> it's constantly changing and yeah. yeah, we're just making it up as we go. Well, we're, we're fresh off the tail of like something cool that we did that we wanted to do for presentation thinking, which was like our very first webinar ever. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we had talked about doing this from the beginning and I kind of thought you were crazy when you suggested doing it quarter one, when we first started like really digging into presentation thinking and uh, turns out jokes on me because you might as well just jump in and that's the name of the game here at presentation thinking. And it was really successful. We had an awesome webinar that was pretty well attended for our first one ever. And three's a party today. We have Dave sheets, the man, the myth, and the host of our webinar and creative director at ghost ranch communications. Mikey, I know you have some more fluff to add to his intro. So carry on, please. Oh gosh, I was going to keep going, but Dave, first of all, Thanks for coming here to, to recap this with us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Like I say, you guys are just taking all my first. That was the first <laughs> webinar, first podcast. I love we, it, man. It's, we just, it's good to like sit around and talk, right? We just want to experience everything with you, Dave. Come on. Dave is an amazing creative director at Ghost Ranch and has some awesome experience doing like experiential design and creating, building like brand customer experiences. And it was Dave that came to us with this really cool idea we're going to get into and tell everybody about. Yeah, Dave, like we we put it out to the team. Hey, we were thinking about a web. Like if anyone has an idea for a webinar you want to do, I imagine people would do here's the you know, best practices for presentation design. And here's a before and after on a slide. Uh, but you came to us with something so specific that I think it kind of blew me and Molly's mind to to be like, are you serious? You can do a whole webinar on this one topic. So like, how did you come up with this idea and tell us what it is in the first place? Yeah. It's basically like what's on a cover slide was the idea. And it's just something that, you know, we all see cover slides every day, day in, day out. And it's like just such a great moment to, to get your story going or something started or plan an idea, whatever, you know, your goal may be for, for that particular presentation. And it's just like, you see so many of them, you tend to form an opinion on it. I mean, we're all artists. We have to come to the table with an opinion. And yeah, it just, it felt like the right time. You're like first webinar, I'm just like, yeah, cover slide. It just felt like stars were aligning for that. Like, let's just start at the basics, start at the cover. It's always about the basics for me. So yeah, just go back to it. Let's, let's dive in. Even had a name for it. Got you covered. It was brilliant. You're a, yeah, you so good at like the word play on words and everything. And you, yeah, you just had a, such a fun approach. And then, well, what you got us thinking then, oh man, like if we can spend a, a webinar on a cover slide, we can then do, we're going to do a problem slide webinar. Everyone has to, you know, figure out that one problem slide in your deck or a TAM slide, like total addressable market or another one that it's in every investor pitch deck never gets much too much thought is like the team slide, you know, and there's so many that you'll see every single time. And I, I, I know you even have a, a hard take on like the thank you slide. Um, so that's the thought here is like, are these, this webinar series now, what do we call it? Like going deep or every slide counts. Every slide count. Yeah. Every slide count. Yeah. Every slide counts. Mikey, the hashtag every slide counts. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> 
it's yeah. it's fun to yeah fun to do word plays and you know get cheesy out and try to distill down to the the really sharp language it's gonna grab that attention but yeah i mean i think it's like for me it was just like okay we have all this knowledge about this stuff it's like literally impossible to find great opinions out there let's just start throwing it out there and start a conversation mm-hmm. and i think that's too what got me excited about what you guys are doing here on the podcast it is it's very conversational it's very like let's just talk about this stuff and, and see where things land you know yeah. it's great yeah. I, I was pretty excited because as someone even asked at the end you know once people were engaging in the q a you know i kind of think the cover slide is something people just breathe past i think is the general perception so i kind of want to know and someone asked this and we talked about it a bit in the webinar but what is the most common thing people miss with cover slides because i think a lot of times it's like here's my name here's my title zooming past, welcome to my presentation. And what's the benefit that someone can get from really taking time with their cover slide? I think they missed the opportunity. You know, it was funny. Of course, my screen didn't share at first. So I goofed it up a little, but that's fine. Incredibly yeah, ironic. Like, yeah, that was awesome. yeah, incredibly ironic, right? Of course. Cause I was like, oh man, I'm gonna set this up perfectly. Like talk about it for a little bit and talk you know, about the cover slide. Have the cover slide up to make the point of <laughs> the cover slide is up during those kind of moments where you know, you've made your intros. There's kind of that awkwardness between when is the presentation starting? When is, you know, when are we diving in? It's the perfect moment to kind of have that billboard up, right? And of course, throughout your, I guess, business journey and where you're at and what you're trying to do at that certain moment with that audience, while that story may change a little bit as to what you need on the cover slide, it's still a moment to start to tease something out, build trust, you know, kind of show that you're there to to help them be better at something as well. There's just so much opportunity there to kind of just get people engaged right off the gate, you know, because like, what's that second slide? Please don't tell me it's a table of contents. But if it isn't, <laughs> and if it's even just something else, it's like, it's just a way to kind of get the conversation going, I think, and get people excited about what you're, what you're going to talk about without giving it away. And you talked about this as well, but doesn't it also set up a good way to present, set up your messaging, tee up like what you stand for and your values, especially if you're an unknown brand or you're just starting out? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's like, there's some archetype stuff in there that you just kind of started to sneak into that conversation there. But, you know, was hoping even too, like with the, we've got you covered, people are going to feel safe to come in and be a part of the conversation and, uh, you know, listen to it. Like, Again, I have an opinion about it. Sure, like I wouldn't claim expertise, even though I kind of am. But like, I didn't want it to come off like that. It needs to be more of like, look, this is kind of what we're feeling. This is what we're seeing. And I think just putting topics out there that start to drive conversation towards like what's working for the audience as a whole is always great. Like, of course, we're always going to kind of modify those things. So yeah, your brand persona can start to slip out a little on the cover there as it should to, to help. Yeah. Set, set the tone. Like let's learn a little bit about like what we're doing and, and how we're approaching it. And Dave, I love that. How is, how you say like, don't give it all away. It's um, you showed these awesome examples that were more like invitations, like e- even the messaging, you know, was teaser. Yeah. Like, Ooh, like I can't wait to see what is on this next slide. And I, I imagine that that's the intent. And where do you see it go wrong? I think you talked about you have certain brand and design and messaging elements that you, you have at your in your toolkit that you can put on the cover slide. So what are those? And then how do you add them or subtract them based on what you want on getting them to that next slide, basically, and 
getting intrigue. Yeah. Now I hear what you're saying. I think, you know, you just nailed it. It is that tease. It's setting up kind of the next slide, right? Like you have a whole presentation to tell a story. There's absolutely no reason to feel like you have to do it all on one slide. And I think the biggest myth that I see a lot is people are so literal on their cover slide. Uh, logos huge, which again, I kind of talk about that if you're at that more corporate stage where you have a lot of clout and your logo that identifies the brand, you know, if, if that trust is built there and it's like, I'm only working with these people because they are these people, you know, like that there's a case to be made for a larger logo like that. Otherwise, yeah, like why not play with some of the elements to tell more of a setup story, you know, like make the message bigger, make a more intriguing thing to go in, use photography, use brand design elements, like whatever it may be to help again, kind of tease out a little bit of what you're about to talk about. And then of course, too, there's always a little spot when you start to make your messaging bigger with the hierarchy, then you can kind of have some smaller text that's maybe a little bit more specific so that if you're talking about a software as a service, you can also kind of start to lead into that so that the audience isn't completely lost. But again, like you just have to give them enough, like, all right, let's turn the page, right? You want a good book, but a good presentation is always about turning the page. Oh, if people didn't believe that you were an expert until now, you just need to listen to the last 60 seconds there. That was that was some juicy quotes. <laughs> and Dave, you in real time, Dave had this awesome, like mocked up company that he made to show, you know, OK, if this company's just starting out and I don't have these assets, maybe boom, I'll plug in a photo and that's what this will look like. And if I don't have that, then I want to emphasize, you know, the text or whatever. And now I want to like explain what we do, you know, farm to table food around, you know, had people like sharing meals and stuff. And so it was you brought in all these elements and examples to demonstrate what it looks like in each context, depending on like the audience and the purpose of the deck and where a company might be at. And it was just so engaging, even for, as I always say, I'm the presentation adjacent designer, right? So just even for me, just kind of coming in, I'm like, that's such a useful thing to see in real time. And I see the differences that you're talking about there. Yeah. I think, you know, it can't always be smiling people around a dinner table. Like, you know, that's not always going to get you there. Right. But, you know, it was like, it's just low hanging fruit, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it wasn't a cheesy talk photo. That was a good stock photo. I mean, you know, well, again, you have to search. Like, it is so hard to find photography. It's, it's out there, but it's like searching for photos, looking through some of the sites. It's a commitment, you know, and that's part of the game, right? Is spending that extra time and not just like, okay, I have this great presentation. And then the cover slide comes last. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I think it is maybe a little nice to leave the cover slide towards the end and not just like start with it because you kind of want to understand your story and you understand the flow of your deck. And I think that can help you set up a better invitation into that story through the cover slide. But certainly it shouldn't be a, a last minute tack on thought, right? When you said it's like a book, did you, I've, I've never thought about this, but I know, I know some people make a whole living off of book cover design and illustration, right? I, I imagine there's something synonymous with, with the art of a great catchy looking book cover too. I mean, Uh-oh. Fabio, you just put Fabio on the cover, right? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's me going. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm sure there is. And it, you know, that's probably more specific cause it's like title. I'd have to like really look at book. To- I, I'm not really a big reader. I apologize. Uh, but of, I, of course, as I think to books, I always say like, don't judge a book by its cover. And we all do it. Just like right. I feel like presentations are being judged by the cover as well. So it's like, 
you got to nail that first impression. Yeah. I was going to say that's exactly it. Yeah. That's the first thing people see. Well, I think you gave, you shared one example of you have this, you know, in a presentation, generally 16 by nine, you have in a book sitting there at a Barnes and Noble, if people still go in and like do that, but like something that has to, yeah, catch your eye. But also you showed some Dave that just, okay, yes. Like you've got the title or the, you know, the quip or the whatever that like headline may be, but yeah, you have a chance to t- potentially tell a visual story too, which yeah, I-, I think that is what the one you showed of Parcel where it was like some, it, it just with the visual of their logo, like embedded in this real estate world, that alone kind of was that one plus one equals three kind of thing that we're like, ah, okay. You know? Yeah. That's a special slide in my heart and a special kind of memory of the, of that. So for, for those listening, you kind of got to close your eyes. And first you got to think about uh, Parcel is a blockchain company that's kind of basing value of a crypto on real estate. And it does go down to kind of these... I don't know if... It, I can't remember if it's blocks or zip codes, but either way, it's, it's embedded in real estate. So this idea of their logo being embedded into a cityscape. So you can kind of picture a big word mark with a nice kind of icon lockup that kind of weaves throughout buildings. And mm-hmm. the whole story there was, yeah, they're, they're completely embedded and they're grounding themselves in this space. So them being our soul, the logo, there's a huge opportunity there to, to kind of illustrate what they do on the cover without being crazy explicit with it. And that I love that example because blockchain and crypto are still a big ambiguous cloud for me. So it's helpful to see that visualized. I was like, oh, okay. I have like a vague idea. Or I could at least spit out the tagline afterwards, you know, yeah, blockchain and real estate um, working together. And that I think, yeah, alone, like just like demonstrates again, like these kind of examples and demonstrations of how powerful, impactful the cover slide can be, like shows the benefit of breaking down a deck into those specific components, which in turn showed us that hashtag every slide counts. We can make a series of this. We can we can do more. And I'm excited to have another webinar. And on that note, I'm curious, like none of us, none, had any of us done a webinar before? Do we have expectations going into this? I know like prior to 2020, I kind of expect like thought webinars are boring until everybody was doing them in 2020 and it became kind of more exciting and kind of the way to like take in content, to disseminate content was a lot more normalized during the pandemic. Yeah. I think, you know, it's hard to tell sometimes when a webinar is made, if it was pre-pandemic or during or after, even though I don't think we're after, I guess. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. But I, I think like for me, it was just about finding a topic that you're good. You know, you, you have an opinion about, there's nowhere to hide either. I was not like kind of quite ready for that. Like you're just, you're, you're there. Just there. Your I've, face is I've there. done like, yeah. yeah, like I've done <laughs> no camera. Off. Pre- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I've done plenty of presenting, you know, but like, it's great when Mikey can jump in and help, help add color. Just like, I feel like hopefully he leans on me to jump in and add color when he's, he's pitching, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that, it's that kind of dynamic that happens. And then also it's great. The audience gets involved. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I, I was so nervous. Like I just had to get through this one. <laughs> like <laughs> you didn't it, show it. You didn't show it. Oh uh, yeah. Well, thanks. Um, but yeah, I think like, you know, in the future, it, it'd be great to, to get more of the engagement, like back and forth a little, like 
again in it. Don't know how to do that yet, but yeah. to me, that feels like the future more of webinar. Like, how do you kind of bring that conversational element? Exactly. So I was like, I was so nervous to like, I just, I was like, I don't want to talk at the audience. This I is was not say- like me preaching. This is not, this is not that moment. Like it's, it's about that. It's like, let's take a look at the cover together and let's just have a weird one-way conversation. <laughs> you know, about it. Like I couldn't look at the comments during it. Like I was just like, so laser on like, okay, I just, this is what I want to talk about on each, each slide. There was no, like, I just couldn't, my brain couldn't multitask, but hopefully it can in the future, you know, now that one's done. Well, and that's just a, like, I think a, the thing that comes with having it on zoom, there is a bit of a limitation in that if you're the presenter, everybody knows that's shared their screen. It's hard to find the chat box. And so you had me and Mikey kind of in the background being like fielding some Q&A, looking at the chat and people were engaged and that was exciting. But I think for you driving your presentation, that's hard to see. And so, yeah, how does it feels weird to talk to a black box and like no one's responding <laughs> verbally. And I mean, just so people know, like when you host a webinar on Zoom, the attendees, they don't have even like a box for their face. It's more of the panel, I think, or if you host a meeting in which you can engage with the audience. So as we look to make this more collaborative, I wonder if if that's the move we go. Like it's a webinar, but you're going to be, you know, you can choose to be on camera or not. And then maybe we engage with the audience more because otherwise it's, it is just, it relies on that Q&A box, the chat box, and that's a little more silent. Yeah. That's all the stuff we got to figure out, you know, and that's the fun of it, right? Is always evolve, always learn. I think too, like Molly, to your credit, like I think we sat in like a Zoom chat room for like a half hour beforehand. <laughs> yes, we hung out just like It was, it was, yeah, it was like the nice green room, you know, just talking, shooting, yeah. you know, it kind of like relieved a lot of the pressure. Good. I'm and it was glad, just like, yeah. you got, got used to being on the camera, got used to like going in, like I say, I mean, nerves are nerves, but yeah, you really helped me kind of just like, this is not really a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal. You want to, you want to be important, you know, you mm-hmm. want to like, you want to talk about something important to keep everyone engaged in, in things, but it's like, it's not the end of the world. Let's just like have a conversation about hundred percent. Yeah. I told you this on the phone, but my theater teacher would always say just to have a normal conversation before you go on stage. That's not about what you're about. Like, don't say your lines again. Don't think about any of your cues and just like kind of check out of your brain to make sure you still can access that human part of it. And I think that helps to deli- like, deliver you into the space where you can just be, yeah, be normal and collaborative, which is what we're trying to do here. Dave, to your credit, like when I've attended webinars, the agreement in my head is that like, I'm in like passive intake mode. And frankly, like, I don't even want to be seen or heard, you know, and versus, you know, maybe it's, if it's called like a, if it were a round table or whatever, you know, an exchange, I'd be approaching it differently. So I think, you know, you shouldn't feel like you were, uh, it was one way or like forcing it because I think people just wanted to hear what you had to say. And I think you did a great job keeping it engaging. And I'm curious, like knowing it's virtual, knowing people have 4,000 tabs open on in Chrome that they could easily shift over to. What was your approach like in this virtual medium to keep it engaging? Cool. I, you know, keep it simple on the slide. Don't say too much. Again, I think it goes back to that. Like you don't have to say everything on there. And I probably rewrote that thing, I don't know, an insane amount of times. I mean, I kind of always had the flow in mind of how I wanted to, you know, like introduce the audience to this idea and give them a little bit of, you know, the how, and then look at these real world examples in a way, you know, like that's always kind of like the flow I had in mind. I think it's 
using relatable analogies, which Mikey, you're like king of and, and got me thinking of a lot of that. I don't know that I like went into it just saying like everyone has to be interested from here to there, but it's just like, how do you tell that story? And you hope that if you're passionate about it, that others will pick up on it more than like, you know, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine like a movie director just like worrying about what everybody else is thinking at the exact mm-hmm. moment. You're just trying to tell the story, right? Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Absolutely. And also it shows that like we took this one topic, which is a pretty niche thing and just ran with it. So it's like whoever, if it sticks, you know, throwing noodles at the, at the window and seeing if it like sticks, you know, if it, if people were engaged, then they were engaged. And we really had that, you know, of course, Mikey and I had talked to a few rancheros that joined at Ghost Ranch and planted some questions. And while we still had those, we also had a lot of questions and engagement from other folks, which felt really good because that meant, yeah, the pasta was sticking and people were interested in it. And that I think is indicative to me of when you find that niche topic, as everyone says, like, find the niche, find the niche, you're going to find like the people will come to you. Right. So but prior to making a webinar, I was really thinking a lot about where to even put it to promote it. And with presentation thinking, Mikey and myself have like explored and joined lots of different like think tank communities and blog groups that are for content creators, for copywriters, for bloggers, etc. So I posted a lot of stuff there and got some traction actually. You know, people joined and people commented on my link to tell me it was broken the first time I posted it, then he joined and that was great. And and I've even followed up with people specifically afterwards. So we had someone from the UK, we had someone from Colombia, we had people in the States, of course, you know, our moms were there, everybody was there <laughs> for a first webinar. <laughs> for a first webinar, I felt like it exceeded my expectation and my goal of a dozen people. I think we had 58 registrants and pretty much everyone stayed on the whole time. So that's a great uh, retention rate. It was fun. I think, you know, hopefully everybody else picked up on that, had fun too. Uh, I definitely am super appreciative of everyone who joined and, and just has an interest in, you know, trying to self improve some, you know, we're all, we're all out there trying to do it, you know, and it's fun to connect with the community as well and, and see Sat and others, you know, and hopefully we have all this knowledge again, like what's the point? Let's share it, you know? Yeah. Love it. What is, do you have a favorite part of a cover slide, Dave? I, I just, I love that. Well, for me, cause I'm designer at heart. I just, I love just like snapping it all together, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's that process of like trying a few different things. And then when you get that aha moment, you know, it's like, right. That, that's, that's what you live for. Right. That's like, that's what keeps coming you back for it is you're, you're like, you have these elements, you're looking at what you got to do. And it's not just moving stuff around. It's not about that. It's, it's moving stuff around and per- with purpose and trying to make the right parts tell the right part of the story at that time. And, and when you get that aha moment, it's like, it feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, mm. that's what it's about for me. Right. That's the ASMR, like click, you know, uh. light bulb, light bulb moment. Mikey, what do you think went, yeah. What do you think went well? What do, and what do you think we should do better or differently for next time? Yeah, no, I, I thought that retention that you mentioned was really interesting to me because I, I would have imagined half of the people make it through the end, like not to sound pessimistic, but I just, I know how many I've had to just like bail out of before. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know what industry standards are, but I know at the beginning there was like, let's say 30, at, at one point it got up to like 33. Then by the very end, like talking like after Q&A, there was like 29 or 30, you know, and I, that kind of blew me away. So I think 
I would say the time, the time length was great. I think maybe we, we promised like 30 to 45 minutes. And I think Dave kept it nice and succinct, got a lot of really good information out in a, in not too drawn out of a span. And so I, I just liked the format. It was so specific and something that not a lot of people think about. And we, yeah, presented it in a way that was very new and unexpected. Right. So I'd, I'd say the format seemed to work really well. And then Dave's slides were just fire. You know, I think like got to walk the walk, you know? Oh, Dave, uh, it might, <laughs> it might be fun to show Molly and Molly, maybe you can put this in the show page, but Dave had a cool rig. I know Dave, you were like, we had three rehearsals, which by the way, preparation helps us a lot, especially like if you're just about to try your own webinar series out, definitely schedule like more than one, you know, uh, walkthroughs, but Dave, you bounced around on your workstation. Like what, what, what were you playing with as you were setting up the right setup to present? Yeah, I think that's part of it. You know, well, one, like one of those rehearsals, remember when I was like sitting down and like, I got into like two slides. I was like, this is not working. I have yeah. to stand. I have to stand. Like, so, so one thing there is like, I wouldn't have known that. I probably would have sat down for it, yeah. you know? And then and I love muscled through. Yeah. I pretty much stand work mm -hmm. all day. Anyway, it's, it's definitely helps me think better, I think. But uh, that helped. I think too, like, you know, not to sound vain, but you know, you got to feel comfortable on camera and, you know, trying to get your camera at like eye level so that I felt like, again, it was more engaging. Like, I don't want people like looking like up at me and me looking down on them. That's awful. Uh, I don't need them looking down on me. It's just more about trying to get that eye level. So yeah, I was stacking boxes. I think, you know, I had like five or six boxes under my computer. <laughs> so uh, there's that. And then, yeah, I mean... I, I certainly, I had, I, you know, I turned a, a light on, of course, you know, so that people could see me and hopefully see that, uh, you know, the joy that I was having, uh, you know, it's got to come through, right? Mm -hmm. So you yeah. got to see it. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it, you have to think about those things and it's, it's not, it's not vain, you know, it's more of like, no, it's you setting know, yourself up for success. Yeah. And you want to, and you want people to, to feel engaged, you know? And, and I think mm -hmm. if you, if you're in a dark room and you have some like, weird camera angle, it's like, that's automatically off-putting. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's like, I didn't respect you as an audience enough to like, get us all on even ground, you know, mm -hmm. or, or whatever may be the analogy. Oh, Sheets, what's your, uh, what's your take on like virtual backgrounds? Oh man, we were talking about it beforehand, Molly and I. Yeah, because I had presentation thinking Shakespeare behind me and he was kind of big. We hadn't designed it to be a virtual background, so it was a little... A little uh, aggressive. He was pretty intense behind me. I was like, my head was like in his lap. Yeah, we were like, I don't know if this is necessary. I have like a plant and some like nice gallery wall. And Dave was like, no, I think you should just do it. I think you should just be yourself. So I took it off and I felt good about that. Yeah, I did too. I think it's like, it feels more real. I think anything we can do to kind of remove the like virtualness of it is is always a positive. And you should, yeah. you should strive to to remove that. I don't know what's it called, the fourth wall. I don't think you can really break it in a right. webinar, but man, it'd be fun right. if you could. I felt right. like you were just like, right to my home. In, next to me, Dave. You know? Petting my dog. Sweet nothing about, about cover slides. slides. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, it's funny. Jesus. I felt like you were right here with me too, Mikey. It was you like, were I got like, the pat. I got the pat on the back. It was like, you got this, man. I could feel it. I could feel the energy. Yeah, so again, you were, like, Dave Sheets was, nervous, was like, man. Mr. Kool-Aid, like breaking through. <laughs> yeah. with, uh, what did he say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Something about cover slides. It was awesome. I don't know who was in the room with me. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, that's funny. Did Did Molly let you have a walkout song? This is no. a key question. I don't know, but I think we had uh, Goo Goo Dolls playing when, when it was like <laughs> the, starting. The thing and was, I was... I was crying. I thought it was yeah. so funny. I yeah, loved it. We weren't trying to be overly branded with the virtual backgrounds, but we did try to be overly kitschy and we played Slide by Google Dolls and Cover Me by Bruce Springsteen for the intro and uh, Slide Away by none other than Miley herself, you know, at the end. So, but Dave, we do want to know what's your specific, what is your walk-up song? You know, we need, we got, we got to know. My walk-up song. I don't know. You know, it's funny. Lindsay on the team. Cause the only song that I like sent in didn't have anything to do with covers, but it had everything to do with working and it's Charlie Crockett working. I'm working. Baby, I'm working. And it's like a good, good kind of yeah. vibey old school sounding country in a way. I love that. But it's it just like music. Slide. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think it, it depends maybe the mood, like yeah. if it's in person or not, you know, if it's in person, I don't know, like let's get WWF on it somehow. Like, <laughs> it can just get real weird, you know, whereas like, I like the casual slide in from the virtual and the Goo Goo Dolls was like, it was a moment. I do think our average age is, you know, somewhere between that, like 30 to 50 year old mark. So I think the Google dolls is that sweet spot. <laughs> like the Gen X is ready for it. The nostalgia is ripe. And I thought it was funny. So unfortunately with the, re- <laughs> exactly with the replay, I'm not sure if, uh, the copyright will allow us to play it, but I hope everyone gets to go have a quick, um, Google dolls moment after this. <laughs> yeah. Just fire up to Spotify. Or whatever your listening preference is. Someone asked in the beginning, they're like, who's playing the song when the when Bruce was playing? Or they said, who's the artist? And I was like, it's the boss. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is this a, are you joking? I was like, eject them, eject them from the room, Mikey. <laughs> it's okay, you know, music, music's yeah. fun, you know? And like, yeah. it's, everybody has different relationships with that, you know? Yeah. And just discovering someone, at a, you know, late in life. If you had never heard of Bruce Springsteen and you discovered him, Gosh, what a gift. Yeah, what a gift. And then also like a lot of a lot of context <laughs> for for certain American settings and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we gotta know, Dave, I know you talked about this in the webinar. It's a bit of a hot topic, controversial debate. What do you think about a thank you slide at the end of a presentation? We've talked about the cover slide. Um, and what's your opinion? Sound off, Mikey, Dave. I've caught some slack for it, I'll admit, but I've also not caught slack for it. I'm I'm completely against it. I can say why. Mikey, are you are you for it or against it? Like right off the gate. Like what do you do? No. No reason why. Just yes or no. Uh I have a gracious slide um to be oh, okay. uh, you know, very like inclusive of everybody. No, I <clears throat> dude, I have no uh stance on this. And in fact, what you say about it makes me fully on on team Dave for this. I, yeah, it makes a lot of sense the way you put it. Yeah, the, the quick rant for me is, you know, the cover slide is kind of that intro moment, right? And when you're in these presentations, it's about those moments around it, getting the next meeting in the sale, getting, you know, the conversation going, right? And the closer slide there, if it says thank you to me, it's inauthentic. There's plenty of other engagements having with your audience. You know, there's used to be phone calls. Now it's probably email. There's the video call itself. You can say thank you at the end. There's all kinds of other opportunities to say it in a more genuine way. And I also think if you're flipping through your deck and you just land on this thank you slide, knowing that most people kind of see it as that closer, 
I've seen it shut the conversation down. And that's when you want the conversation to really go. And so, you know, I, I typically delete it. If mm-hmm. most clients send me a deck, I will delete the thank you off. And I would say it rarely goes back on. Rarely. Mm-hmm. Like if, if they even catch it. Like I try not to even talk about it. I'm just like delete, you know, <laughs> and just like send it back. I, I can think of out of however many presentations, there's two in the last two years that I know the thank you stayed on. I'm loving the idea of like at the end you say, and I've heard as the most successful closing is like end with a call to action and like what you want people to do, whether it's like engage with your service, engage with your product or buy it or whatever it is. And I think what I'm hearing is like the thank you slide dampens that conversation or the opportunity for like a huzzah moment. And it's instead like, thanks. (laughs) Bye. This was my fifth grade book report. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's, that's my opinion. I don't know. Like I'm sure it's spicy. Yeah. No, dude, I I think you're backed up by like some many very smart sales minds out there like Daniel Pink who had that really cool masterclass on on pitching basically and he wrote the book like to sell as human a presentation in his mind is that invitation f- to converse so it it should not be a one way you know that's all we're done it should be the best case scenario out of a presentation as he says it isn't a yes like you're you're sort of trained in sales it's more of a like you get questions. People are like, oh, but what about that? But what about that? And dude, yeah, you, you're not going to get that if you're like, thanks, we're done. Boop. Yeah. yeah. I like that guy. I'm going to have to read his book or something. Send him a thank you. <laughs> oh, genuine thank you. That is. <laughs> now we know that you really mean it when you when you tell someone thanks. Dave, send an email. So that's yeah, great. I do. Save the email for the thank you or send a letter or snail mail, you know? Yeah. I always did that after intense interviews that I wanted, you know? Well, after this, everyone's going to want my autograph, right? So snail mail may, may be the way to go. <laughs> yeah, that's because you some mail. <laughs> Molly, do we have time or should we, should we dive into this spice cabinet? Well, yeah, let's go one more question, which is just, um, oh, yeah, we're running out of time here, but we got it. We love Dave and we want to know what your, what is your po- biggest PowerPoint pet peeve in designing, especially for the presentation thinkers who are involved day in, day out in presentation software like PowerPoint and Google Slides? What is your biggest pet peeve? And even in trends that you see, maybe there's like a pet peeve about some design trends. Technically, they got to get this font thing figured out. Like it just has to be done. Like you want to talk about getting brand personality and stuff. Like we got to figure out like this embedded font thing works half the time, sometimes, no times. I I don't even know. That's annoying. I think too, it's like they're never going to talk to each other, but I wish they were more friendly with each other. Some of the, some of the programs. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't fully um, integrate. Which is, it's fine. I get it. You know, everybody's fighting. Use my, my slideware. It's better. We're not going to make it friendly for you to, to flip. But I think from a design perspective, like I know there's got to be some heavy slides. I would just hope that you would find places in your presentation to, to let things breathe a little bit, you know? And like, we all understand you got to have the slide with like a bunch of stuff on it. But again, just find those moments to breathe, give your audience a break, give your eyes a break as a designer, give us a fun slide or two to, to do as well. <laughs> you know, I mean, and I do love the ones that are like condensed cause it's a challenge. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Well, you closed out the webinar and you said you have a whole presentation to tell your story and you know, don't do it all in one slide. Yeah. I see that a lot. But sometimes you got you got to back up, you know, that tam with a lot of facts somehow or, or something. You know, like there, there's slides yeah. that, that do need to be heavy, which we can talk about later. Yeah, 
we got to get some boo hiss music in the background for this PowerPoint pet peeve corner. (laughs) Again, thanks, bro. It's 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 fair. It's fair. Uh, Yeah. But to bring it up, yo, Dave, did you tune into Northwestern's Venture Cat startup pitch competition yesterday at all? I did, man. I was watching it with the crew, and I had an absolute blast watching it with everyone and seeing you know the brands and their pitches and just see these passionate students like up on stage i was like very much relating with them i was like oh man oh. I, I know what you're going through right now and you're crushing it keep going you know all right for um, the press thinkers tell us yeah. what this is tell us what this is we're in the spice cabinet and this is a really cool program that ghost ranch helps out with every year yeah, yeah. mikey i'm gonna let you explain that one word um Yeah. So Northwestern University, Big Ten, their business school puts on this really cool entrepreneurial startup pitch competition every year. And I think the four or five past years, thanks to Andrea Tomingas, friend of the program, um, she kind of brought us in and introduced us to the this competition, but ultimately Northwestern brings in professional presentation designers to help these teams of grad and undergrad students who have startups and they ha- have sort of this almost like an acceleratory kind of program, but ultimately anyone there with uh, an idea can enter this competition called Venture Cat. And it's toward the end of the year before graduation. And they go through rounds to make it all the way to a, a finals, this event where they, you know, the f- semifinalists get to present live in front of judges. And then I think six teams make it to the finals. And and then, then they go up on the big stage, present to everybody. And then I think the judges are made up of venture capitalists, other investors, angels, people who've you know been in the business for a while. So Ghost Ranch has uh, designers who pair up with one of those teams and the designers just kind of free solo it. And they get such good experience working, you know, both to do creative direction, design, leading the account management, leading the project management. So it's it's this awesome way for us to sort of train and give that sort of in-person, rapid, kind of crazy event lead-up type of experience. And we just love to see how the Rancheros like just run with it. And they have such they do such amazing things and, and love this the tight collaboration with these these startup teams. So yeah, it all kind of came to to a head last night. And I think of the six teams that made it to finals. Three got to work with a Ghost Ranch team, and I think um, one team, yeah, Inferno Guard took the grand prize, and uh, Lola on our team was the designer for that one. And then third place was a, a company called Zuri, um, and Emily on our team was a designer on that, and that one also won the People's Choice Award. So, and and then Grace, uh, her Inspire won the Life Sciences and Med Innovation Track as well. So, pretty darn good showing, and and uh, we're super proud of all the hard work that went into that. It's cool. It's like just as much of a exciting time for both the startups and the founders as it is an opportunity for Ghost Ranch designers to work on something like this and kind of have full creative freedom. Not for creative freedom, I guess they're working on the branding too, but just like you get all, you get to wear all the hats. So it's not, it's a little more than just the client um, assignment, you know? And they, they are so proud and take such, you know, like such an interest in these teams is success. It's, it's just, uh, there's a lot of emotion and excitement around the ranch this time of year. So it was uh, awesome to, to see everybody coming together to watch that and cheer for their teams. And a little comp- competitive spirit never hurt anybody. <laughs> what did we say? Awesome. The uh, the winner gets uh, Applebee's gift card as always. Yeah, you know, so it's so really something to fight for. That's the currency around here. It's the best. And not <laughs> only that, 
I, it, I'm pretty sure this is Lola's second year of taking it. So next mm-hmm. year, I'm like, we're all like, going to Applebee's. They're, they're going to be fighting for Lola, man. That's yeah. two years in a row. Like, I know, wow. Man. That's awesome. I know. We're, pr- we're wow. super proud. Now, everybody, it was, yeah, the Yay channel was popping off. Everybody's proud of each other. And uh, I said it to the staff. I'm more of a Chili's guy myself, but I would gladly <laughs> get a drink with Lola at uh, Applebee's. I'm available for a margarita. <laughs> She'll pop on some cheese sticks. Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mozzarella, uh, fried cheese dipped in marinara. No problem. Yeah. I'm available. Oh, and they have that one craft beer, um, Blue Moon. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, my gosh. It's really... You gotta try it. It's not really widely distributed. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I've also talked about Dave, my love for Olive Garden on the cast earlier. So it's this is uh, chain restaurants are a passion of mine. (laughs) I mean, I just ate at Olive Garden. I don't know, maybe a month ago for the first time, and I don't even know how many years—fifteen years or so—and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I go almost every year for my birthday. So, Dave, was it packed? Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was packed. It was crazy. Dude. I was not I was not ready for waiting, waiting for a table. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, I think the never ending pasta is now gone. But at least I still got oh. the never ending breadsticks, right? Yeah, that's what you go for. And then you got to take them home, and then you heat them up the next day with your leftover salad. It's a whole thing. I'm feeling <laughs> another webinar: how to eat at chain restaurants. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> it's it's good. Well, Molly, what uh. In the in a coming episodes, I think we're diving off into another uh, a book. So, what do you what do you think? Anyone can follow along with us if they want to start now. Yeah, please, because Mikey and I are slow readers. As I've said, we're we slack off sometimes. So, please follow along and read humor seriously. Um, and this is by Jennifer Aker and Naomi Bagdonas. And this is a suggestion from Mikey. We talked about it last cast, but just plugging it here again as I start the Audible book. And we'd love to have you follow along in the presentation book club. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Well, holy smokes, Mr. Sheets. This is such an honor and a privilege to have you here today. Thank you so much again for the, the webinar gold that you put out there and for setting that bar so high, man. Yeah, we started off strong with the webinars. We only can go up from there. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. And thanks for uh, also helping me uh, get through my first podcast. So yeah, it's been fun. So many good things. It's multimedia. That's yeah. right. It's a whole um, world. Where can folks find you, Dave, if they want to um, you know, pick your brain, follow your work, et cetera? Oh, man. Just just come to the ranch. out. I have an illustration website I haven't touched since 2014. So <laughs> it's embarrassing to send you there. But there is a davidsheets.net out there. Ooh, it's .net, not .com. Because, you know, that .com was pretty spicy to get. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's old, but it's, it's still still fun. All right, cool. No, you yeah, can find... and you can always, the ranch. You can always find... I'm tagging Dave on Instagram, even if he doesn't upload anything there, um, on at presentation thinking on PowerPoint and at Prez Thinking on Twitter. So I'm always checking those for you Prez thinkers, Reese from the ranch listening <laughs> to engage with us. We love you all. Dude, that's, cool. that's live and breathe, right? We appreciate all you right. so much, Dave. Thanks so much. Thanks, Dave. Close it Thanks, out. Thanks, Pitch People. We'll see you next time. <laughs>